stream. And I know we haven't had live stream in two weekends, so that's very, we've never done that. That's very strange. Um, two weeks ago, we had our groundbreaking service, and so we didn't have the capability on a piece of over seven acres without power. We can't have, well, it wasn't without power. It was without electricity. Um, we didn't have live stream capability, and then, of course, last week in our missionary uh, requested that we do not stream. Um, and so we will have streaming back this weekend, uh, unless God gives me some kind of a crazy message that I'm not supposed to. But, um, but it, if you missed anything so far in our stewardship series, two Wednesdays ago, we kind of launched the, the foundation. And so make sure you go back and listen to that because we talked about what stewardship is and kind of the overview. Last week, we talked about the stewardship of time. And tonight, we're going to talk about the stewardship of of talent. And so take a moment, look at somebody right now and say, you are a talented individual. We're looking at you online. You are a talented individual. And uh, so this is week three of a four-week series. We'll wrap this up next week. But the biblical concept of stewardship. You know, popular radio talk show host who has since passed on, Rush Limbaugh, coined the phrase, with talent on loan from God. Has anyone ever, did anyone ever remember him, him saying that if you listened or watched Rush Limbaugh? He would say, with talent on loan from God. He used that phrase Kind of every time he impressed himself with his wit. So he'd say, with talent on loan from God. It became a famous tagline as his popularity spread throughout the late 20th into the 21st century as the premier conservative voice in America. In reality, Limbaugh's moniker was not far from the truth. And so each of us have God-given talents or abilities that we have on loan from God, okay? And every morning, engineers will rise from their sleep, trek to the office to design another system. Builders arrive early on a job site to build another building. Project managers get on site and coordinate the talents of untold hundreds to facilitate another project. Pipe fitters and HVAC technicians traverse the city repairing broken equipment or installing new all these workers, they'll use their talent, their gifting, their intellect, their ingenuity as means of survival in the hustle and bustle of life. As we've started planning for building the church, it's just amazing to meet with some of these people. Uh, you know, for me, I'm like, hey, this is what we're looking for. Uh, but I can kind of see the, the finished product, but not all of the things that make it happen because I don't have that area of expertise. But you sit down with an architect who will say, here's why I want to put the windows here. And I was thinking about the natural light that's going to come in. And if you have this window that is shaped this way and you go into this and they love what they do because at least good architects, as they're trying to put, that's an art to them. They put the, the, their, their passion into what they're trying to, you, you give them what you want, but then they try to make it an artistic, beautiful, finished product. But then you talk to a civil engineer uh, the guy that was Matt that was at our groundbreaking service, and he says, "Okay, here's what the land looks like, and here's what your building looks like. Let me try to figure out a way where this is all going to flow on this plot of land." And for us, 
We're like, okay, there's a plot of land. We want to build a building, make it happen. Like, I don't care. A lot of people don't care, but they do care. Not, not only the, the, just the functionality of it, but even the artistic rendering of the way everything flows and goes and the way you drive in and what you see and, and all that. And it's, it's amazing to, to work with people who are experts in their line of work. I love to interact with someone who loves what they do. We have done some remodeling recently, and we have dealt with some amazing contractors at our house. And then there's others that walk in, and they're standing in my home trashing the company in which they work for. And I'm sitting here thinking, you might be right. This might be the worst place to work in the world, but this is not impressive. You know, to me, I love when you just walk in. I don't care. It could just be somebody greeting me at the grocery store, okay? When, when, when you walk in, there's been times that I've walked into somebody and I'll go, you know what? We need someone like you at our church. You need to come check out Refuge Church. I just, you, 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 you just exude enthusiasm. Anybody ever come across someone like that? Amen. And I love dealing with these experts in their areas. And they will use these talents, earned or learned, and provide a means for families to survive and thrive in a world. The word talent, talent, that's a, that's a big word. Uh, you, might, you might think about someone else around you and what talent they have. You might think of a talent that you have. You might feel bad and go, I don't have many talents, you know, like Eeyore. I'm not good in anything. I might as well sit here. I don't do anything well. God gave us all a talent. You might still be searching for what you feel you do extremely well. But he did not, he did not accidentally leave you off the, the conveyor belt of humanity and go, that one fell off. Dear Lord. <laughs> it's what we live off of. It's Often what drives us and produces success in our daily lives. Often at the end of the day when all the energies are spent and we head home to rest. There we sink into our favorite chair and we reflect on what you accomplished in that day. Does anyone ever do that? You get to the end of your day and you're like, all right, here's the things I got. We're about to, we're about to get a quick study in personality types right now. Raise your hand if you get to the end of your day and you think back over your day about the things you accomplished in a day. Take a look around. Keep your hand up. How many of you get to the end of your day and you're like, I can't even remember, I can't even remember what I did today and I don't care. <laughs> it's interesting. How many of you just don't do anything in a day? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so... My wife and I are both doers. We both have the, the cleric, the, 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 the get things done kind of personalities. And so we don't only reflect back on what we got done, but as we get ready for bed, we will actually talk to each other about all the things that we got done. So I'll be like, yeah, you know, today I did this, had this meeting, got this done, got this done. She's like, yeah, that's good. I had a productive day too. And she starts telling me what she did. And so sometimes she wins, sometimes I win, but I'm kidding. It's not a competition, I think. Um, but, uh, but we like to do that because we will, 
we will share with one another the things that we accomplished. And so we rest a bit. We eat dinner and one on Wednesdays, you know, and Sundays we'll rise to worship. And, and, and we bring these talents not only to our job, but we bring these talents to the house of the Lord. And so when in the house of God, we, we will rarely reflect on the idea that these talents, these gifts, these tools that we have been given in our everyday physical life, God has also given you those tools to bless his kingdom. And so it's great. I read, I've, I've shared this before in this pulpit that growing churches have like 23% of active members serving in some form of ministry. This church over the age of 16, we have like 80% of our regularly attending members serving in some form of active ministry. That's what makes Refuge Church amazing, okay? It's one of the many things. And so uh, if you're here and you're not doing something that you love doing, well, then keep looking. There's so many things that you can do. We don't want anyone just sitting on a pew. Now, if you're here and you're like, I just, I've been hurt. I need some time to heal. That's fine. Take your time. But just know that we are all saved to serve. God has never called anybody and said, all right, this is what I want you to do in my body. Just sit. <laughs> There's times where they would just sit at the feet of Jesus and he would say these things. Absolutely. But he, he commissioned us to go reach the world, to make disciples, to serve, to do whatsoever we want. Wholeheartedly, we're about to read that scripture. He's called us to serve. And so he did not put a talent, as we, we read last week, that he gave one, one talent, another five. And then he gives these talents out. He did not give a talent to just bury it and say, well, I didn't know what to do with it. No. It's our responsibility to find our talent and to say, what can I do for the kingdom of God? And so uh, no one is asking you to be like someone else. You don't have to come up here at the altar call. I'll say, we're standing. Let's come up. And you're like, you know what? I saw Nate. He was, uh, he was playing the bass. And this altar call is about to happen. I'm going to go grab his bass and see if I can do it. <laughs> because if I go grab that bass, if they gave me sound, which he wouldn't anyway, it would just be like, dong, 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 dong. Like, I would, have, I would not have a clue what to do. And so, same thing with the keyboard. Unless it's one of the ones that has, like, the saved settings that'll play the songs for you. But uh, I would know. So, nobody's saying you need to do what everyone else does. But we're all called to do something. Not just inside the four walls, but outside the four walls. And so... We bring these time, this, this talent to the house of the Lord. Some of you lead people, maybe in your secular work. And the church desperately needs strong leaders. Some of you have started businesses from scratch. And North America needs more new church plants where someone walks into an unchurched or an underchurched community and says, I'm going to start something here that's never been started. Some of you own a cleaning business and you bring those skills to the house of the Lord. Some of you manage multiple schedules and you manage people and you lead people and you have stepped into a ministry role where maybe you're managing schedules of volunteers in a church. Some of you have knowledge of construction and you offer to work to the church to save the church money that we would otherwise spend on, on another professional. 
Some work with technology and choose to bless the church with live stream, lights, computers. Maybe you went to school for education. You're an incredible teacher, and you say, I'm going to invest in children or in youth. And we have people here that have done these things through the years. We had several years ago, we had a foundation issue. You know how much foundation repair can be in a company? And, I, and to, to, to call someone in. Well, Brother Caesar works at a foundation company. He brought a crew, charged us just for the materials, and took care of the foundation work. I believe Lori, she cleans. My mom owns a cleaning business. They get a part of cleaning here at the church and saying, you know what? Ain't nobody paying me nothing. I clean. I know how to clean. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in the house of the Lord. Michael works in banking. He serves on the church board and says, hey, I'm going to bring whatever financial knowledge I have and I'm going to come to meetings, and I'm going to help oversee this process of construction. And so you just look around at people, and, and people who have, who have, and Andrew, he's came here, and he's done several things, because he's worked in construction for several years. So I'm just looking around at people that have these, these various abilities that say, I'm going to come to the church, and I'm going to invest in it. Noah, he's, he, 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 the, we, got, we got an old minibus. Well, you buy an old minibus, guess what? In order to get it ready to be a nice minibus, you got to fix the things that are old. Noah said, I'll take care of it. Just buy the parts for me. And, and so I look at those things, and I, and I believe that God's blessing is upon people. Because let's be honest, I don't know a lot of us, either in person or online, that are sitting around our houses going, I'm so stinking bored. I literally don't know what to do. I wake up and I just try to find something to do with my life every single day. I don't remember the last time I was bored. But people also say, you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. And so there's something about it that I just say, I just named these people randomly just from the pulpit. Andrew is not going... I hope he calls me for another construction project. <laughs> Noah is not sitting there going, I work on cars all day long, and I would love to come home and go to the church and work on another car at nighttime. That would be awesome. And Calandra is certainly not saying that. <laughs> you see, so, so, but yet there's something to be said when someone says, I have a talent that God has given me. And I don't want the church to go pay that money to someone else when I could bring my talent and do something for the, for the kingdom of God. Now, I know some might say, okay, come on, we're stretching this a little bit. You're just trying to get the mechanic to work on the church bus. By the way, we have no problems right now. <laughs> but that's not the case. It's not just a church. It's, it is the tools that, are, that we have, it's the, the vehicle in which we transport our children to life-changing experiences. And so everything that we do, it's bringing talent to God, to the kingdom, to saying, I want to take whatever I have, and I want to serve, and I want to invest in the kingdom. Investing is not just a financial thing. And so some of you here might say, well, I'm out of a job, or I'm struggling financially. Your investment doesn't just have to be financial. You can say, I want to serve. I want to be involved in something that is making a difference in someone's life. And so, I, I, I miss one too. I thought about Jose and Cindy back there. They're some of the most amazing cooks in the whole world. And every time we have an event, Jose and Cindy are cooking. 
And I'm thankful for that for more reasons than one. And I could go on and on. I know so many of you have so many talents that you bring to, bring, bring to the table. But we live in a church, in, in, in a world with unique paradigm that people think sometimes like ministry. Well, I want, do you want to be in ministry? And you're like, whoa, no, 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 no. How many of you want to be in ministry? You're like, uh-uh, I am not getting up there. Because like sometimes people think ministry is like here or here or Sunday school. Like, if you're going to do ministry, you have to be ready to stand up and say, listen here, my people. Like, it's not, you're supposed to be some orator. Ministry is everything. It's everything. It's every part of everything. And so, in our local churches, these are ministries that are sometimes at the forefront. But being a steward of talent includes a whole lot more than that. Rarely do we emphasize the pipes or the HVAC in our church. Okay, now if I said, hey, who are the preachers here at Refuge Church? You probably could list several people who would preach here and not have a problem doing it. But if I said, hey, who installed the hot water heater this past year that when it went out? Chances are most of you would be like, you had a hot water heater go out? But you don't know that Andrew came and took a day of this time and didn't charge us anything and install the hot water heater for the church. That's talent for the cause of Christ. That's talent for the kingdom. Talent to bless the church. Talent to bless. Because guess what? Now that's money that we can take and invest into a missionary. Which, by the way, we have now partnered with on a monthly basis the missionary that stood in this pulpit this past weekend. So, I, again, I want you to see that connection. It's not like, oh, yeah, we did that so I could get a raise. Like, it's not, no, it's not that. It's we're taking things so that we can invest back into a harvest, invest, invest back into a field, invest or even to the next building. And, and so everything we're doing, when you bless the Lord with that talent, it blesses the kingdom. You see? Rarely do we emphasize these things. We might not think about the landscaping. Social media may not be a, uh, our thing, so we don't realize how many thousands of people we can influence with a strong social media presence. Nehemiah boldly stated in Nehemiah 4, 6, he said, At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Worked with enthusiasm? Who works with enthusiasm? I mean, who does that? Well, when you're doing something for a cause that is bigger than yourself. You have, to, you have to understand the cause in which you work is much larger, much bigger than yourself. And so he said, yeah, the people came together and they worked with their enthusiasm. See, the children of God, when they rebuilt those walls, they were pumped because they used their talent for, to work for the Lord. They were the ones that were like, hey... I built that. We built that wall. They had their hand in something. And so when you look around, and, and, and that's why when we walk into this new building, it'll be beautiful for the community. Every person that's going to walk into that building when it's built a couple years down the road, it's going to be like, this is beautiful. Wow, you guys have done a good job. This is nice. But we here today, we will be a different group. 
because we will be the ones that go, I had a part in building that, either by volunteering, either by finances and, and sacrifice, whatever, but I invested in that in some way, shape, or form. And when you build something with your own hands or your own pocketbook or your own time, it, it really means something of value to you. Man, my dad, he would, he would do things, and, and I'm not saying everything he ever did was always right, but he had interesting ideas, and it, it really worked out a lot. He was the evangelism director on staff at our church growing up, and he wrote a Bible study, and we, many of us, even still use that. And he sold that Bible study. He had to pay for the binders and the printing and the copyright and all this stuff. But every once in a while, someone we would come to him that would say, I want to teach. I just can't afford the, the Bible study. And so I know in our heads, we're just like, well, of course, man, yeah, give, give him the Bible study. Go teach. Dude, my dad would never give someone a Bible study. What he would do is he'd say, what can you come up with? And if somebody was like, oh, I got seven bucks to it's a $28 Bible study. He'd say, that's fine. Just give me the seven. Here you go. I'll cover the rest. But for him, he was always like, what we get too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. If I hand somebody Bible study, it throws under their bed and they don't ever use it. But if they have to, even if it's $7, if they have to put something into it, now it becomes something of value to them. And so, I know some of you might be like, I disagree with that. And that's fine. You can talk to my dad in eternity later. But... But that's the way he did it. And so I just think for us, when we put our own hands in something, when we put our own talent in something, it becomes of greater value to us. And that's why, too, some of us go, eh, just, you know, that's why some people that can just leave church, go to another church, skip that church, go to this church, chances are you will find in America people that are doing that are not ones that are vested in the local assembly. Because people can't just do that and jump from place to place to place in a place that they have rolled up their sleeves and put their hands in the dirt. You see, the third chapter of Nehemiah gives a little insight into the process by which the walls of the city of Jerusalem were resurrected. Bricklayers, carpenters, engineers, farmers, priests, goldsmiths, merchants, and even some of the men's daughters picked up tools and used their God-given talent for the kingdom. Certainly. These were people who were busy, had other responsibilities and things that they would like to do. When we invest our talent in the kingdom, it's not because everybody who's doing it. Andrew did not come and do the water heater because he was at home and he was bored to death and I helped him. People that are investing their talent in the kingdom are not doing it because that they are bored. When Tiffany and Chad are taking these youth all these places and having, having our, our youth today do way more than I ever did growing up, okay? And they're not doing that because they're bored. With two kids, both professors, pursuing doctorates, I don't even know how in the world they do what they do. But they say, I'm going to take my talent and I'm going to invest in the kingdom. We need people like that. Youth need people like that. The children need people like that. Our guests need people like that. We all need one another. And so if you have talent that you're willing to use other places, but you refuse to use it for the kingdom, I really do feel like you are missing out on an incredible blessing from God. Am I saying it's a heaven or hell issue? You're going to hell if you don't use your talent for the kingdom. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that when you will not do that, because it, 
when someone is stingy, it's not just with money. The two currencies that we want the most, have the least of sometimes, is time and money. And so you will find that some people will just open up their pocketbooks for everything, and they're givers. But if you say, hey, will you be at the church work day on Saturday? They're like, uh, no, I'll pay for someone to come work. Because that's easier in some ways. But I don't want to be stingy in any part of my life. Because if I have resources, it's because God gave it to me. If I have talent, it's because God gave it to me. Everything that I have that might be even relatively good is because God gave it to me. And so I don't want to miss out on that blessing. That's why Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever you do, that's whatever, anything. Do well. Don't take something on. Be like, yeah, yeah, I'll get it done. And you said you get it done in three days, and it's three and a half weeks down the road, and you're like, yeah, I've been meaning to get it. Don't do that. He's saying, whatever you do, do it well. For when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge and wisdom. I think it's, I think it's great if you love your job. If you are like, I love what I do, that's awesome. I love people that love what they do. But remember, don't just use your talent for a living. Use your talent in ways that are going to impact eternity. Okay? What, what are you doing right now with some talent that will live on after you're gone? That's a, that's a huge question. Because if you're going, I don't know, I feel bad. Now I feel terrible. Oh, man, I'm not even going to listen to another word you say. You don't have to. You just got to go, okay. So I'm, I don't like the answer. How can I change that? What could I start doing that would make a difference? What is a way in which I can start serving in which when I serve, I don't get any tangible, measurable benefits? I'm just doing it because I, I want to serve. Because you will find that you will get tangible, measurable benefits. When Rich is down there investing in the children, and he sees one of them come to an altar or come up and give him a hug, I tell you what, knowing Rich, he's going, this is worth it. This is worth it. You see, so many of you are serving in so many different capacities. And you make the church so much better. Because not only could Jackie and I not do everything by ourselves, I don't want to, but the church, the, the culture would be so unhealthy. And so people will walk in and compliment us when I'm like, I mean, it just happened. I love the basket you got. I was like, what'd you get? <laughs> you didn't do it? No, we didn't do it. Sarah did it. <laughs> This was such an amazing meal. Where'd you get it? Cool, I'll let Michelle know. I mean, like, this is, this is the way that the kingdom functions, because why? It's not my church, it's God's, and we all are all called to be a part of this. And we invest our talent in, use your talent for his, for his kingdom. Each of us have value in God's work. Each of us adds value to our local congregation. And if you're here going, I just don't know where I fit, don't let that discourage you. Go, look at it like, wow, he just made it clear that God wants me, 
that this church wants me, and I can't wait to see where I fit. And now if you're sitting here waiting to see where you fit, the way we function, just I'll just let you know a little secret. We do not show up at your door and say, here's what we need. There are five things. Choose one. I hope they don't. I, sometimes, I should see. I didn't know I was going to go here. Otherwise, I would have asked permission. So I'll say this, and if they get mad, they can yell at me later. But when Rich and Jen came, they came off. They said, we're doers. What do you, what do you need around here? I want to get, get involved. And I think I surprised them because I looked at them, and I said, it's not the way we roll around here. What do you love doing? What are you passionate about? Because that's where I want you. I don't, I don't, I don't want to walk up to someone that's like, man, I never want to have another kid in my life. <laughs> kids are terrible. I can't wait to get my kids out of diapers. And I go, hey, we need you in nursery. Because <laughs> guess what? I don't want you holding my baby and changing my kids' diapers if you hate kids. If you literally, if your brain never tells your face to smile, I don't want you at the front door. Go do something else. If you sing like, amazing grace, let's just find you another ministry other than singing. <laughs> Bible says make a joyful noise. You can have joy, but we want a little bit of talent too. You see what I'm saying? So like, Nobody's trying to say you need to fit into a certain mold. That's, that's, that's not the case. You have value, and you know what? There are so many different areas to serve, and we are not going to show up and go, here's the needs we have. Will you do them? We know. I want you to know there's nothing that has no space for anybody. We, 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 any ministry, we will find a place, whatever you're passionate about. And even if there's a ministry here that it doesn't exist, you don't need to be afraid and go, oh, I'm not going to come up to him because it doesn't even exist. They probably wouldn't be interested. Ask anybody that has come to me with an idea. You know what I'm going to say to you? I love it. Give me a plan. Tell me what you need from me. Let's make it work. Why? Because you might be sitting on one of the greatest ideas that's ever come through this church. And so I don't want you to feel like you're stuck. And you can't grow. Listen, you have vision. You have a vision for something for a reason. And God's given you talent for a reason. Use it to make a difference, not just to work a professional career. Don't assume. There's, don't assume that someone else is going to do it. They don't need me. That's your insecurity talking. There's only one you. With your personality, your way of thinking, your talent, your work ethic, there's, there's one you. And so don't assume someone else is going to do it. Each of us have been strategically placed in the kingdom, in this place, in this city, in this moment, in this church for such a time as this. God is coming back soon. In the days of one day I'm going to someday do this have to be done. 
Now, if you don't feel healthy enough to minister, take your time, get yourself right, that's fine. But if you're waiting to be perfect to minister, yeah, I guess I'm leaving. I guess I'm leaving. No. We are all called. We are all imperfect. We're all in this journey. And we are all saying, I want to make a difference. I want to be a part of something that is more impacting than just my own life. Ephesians 2.21 says, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles, non-Jews, are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You know, the apostles called it strategic placement. Rush Limbaugh called it talent on loan from God. God calls it my church. It's the strategic plan of God to place you in his body, the most powerful entity on planet Earth, living God himself, is the local church. Nothing can have a greater impact, change more lives, give people more ownership and, and camaraderie and friendship and fellowship and strengthen and bond. There's nothing more powerful on planet Earth than the local church. So why would you not want to be a part of investing your talent into the most powerful entity? And God, he knows your talents. He's the one who gave them to you, don't forget. Jeremiah 1, 5, he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I set you apart, appointed you as a part of my prophet of the nations. He's speaking to Jeremiah here. But in our lives, in that application, we can know, hey, when I was in my mom's womb, God knew who I was, and he has called me for this very moment. Don't you dare say you don't have any talent. God made you, informed you, sanctified you, he ordained you. Your talents can not only touch this local church, but it can make an impact around the world. God didn't need us. I'm just about done here. He didn't need us. God was not sitting here going, I wish so bad that I had a preacher for liberty. I just think liberty and nobody's listening. God could have chosen anybody, but I know he chose me. I don't say that with arrogance, but I say that with, wow, God, whatever I have, I look back and I see different classes I took in school and undergrad and marital and family relationships and I took intercultural communication and I took business and professional communication. I took these classes and I'm like, wow, Lord, you kind of were like preparing me for this moment before I even fully understood. And you just can kind of see God's hand in, in preparation. So you might be sitting here going, what does he have for me? He's, he, you follow his hand, you pursue him, he's going to lead you. He's, he's, he's currently preparing you whether or not you even fully understand that. But he didn't need us. His plan was to invest in us, to place talent within us, to anoint us, and then to use us for his, his glory and his kingdom. 
Like Nehemiah, there are walls that need to be built. At this moment, literally and figuratively, God's house needs attention from time to time. We are certainly blessed with talented speakers, preachers, teachers, singers, musicians. That's wonderful. But there are so many other people that I'm incredibly grateful for that don't just stand in front of people. Put in water heaters, fix foundations, put in the building, teach Bible studies. Go into people's homes where there's not a crowd, there's just one person. Birds are squawking, cats are crawling on you, you're sneezing because you're allergic. Yeah, it's a great time sometimes. There are people who are like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I'm really busy. But God's given me a talent. And I will not sit on it. I'm going to use it in my career. But I'm going to use it to make an eternal difference in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to do something. Yeah, but it takes more time. It takes effort and energy and it's sacrifice. Yep. Yep. So what are you willing to do? Don't just go to church. Be the church. Be a steward of your talent. Certainly that fits with last week with time. But show God, hey, you invested something in me. It was a good investment. You invested something in me. I'm not going to sit on it. I'm going to do something. And so if you're ever here and you're like, well, I just don't even know where to start. I don't even know what, church, what ministries this church has to offer. Let's talk. Because we could talk about a lot of different things. Ultimately, our goal is not just to preach a message that makes you feel good. Our goal is to preach things that will help you to get from where you are now to where God wants you to be. And sometimes that's salvation and responding to Him and doing these things, but it's also very much going from who you are now and stepping into the place that God's calling you to step into. And no matter what, He's called all of us to step into a place of influence. Influence, I know, again, people influence, you automatically think of the person in the front of the room that's standing at the podium, and like, that's not influences just working with someone bringing someone to a small group listening to them as they talk to you about their marital issues or their struggles physically and so I gain influence by loving someone and when someone feels that love they give me a place of influence and no matter what you're even saying well I don't know about my talent no you, God's given you a talent and he gave you one mouth two ears that you can even just listen So don't sit here tonight. Don't watch online and say, I just have nothing to offer. Don't, don't, don't slap God in the face like that. There's only one you. God made you perfectly you. Even all the strengths, all the shortcomings. But he's called you for such a time as this. For this very moment. This very season. And so if you're with me, I invite you to stand 
to your feet. And this is one of those, again, kind of introspective messages where we find a place to pray and we're just, God, God, what talents have you given me? What talents are you developing in me? Maybe they're not fully developed yet. God, what am I doing now that I could do? Maybe I'm not doing it with all my heart. What am I not doing that you're calling me into? Certainly there's a sacrifice. You know, when there's a special offering financially, somebody says, here's the need, we're going to take an offering. And then you, oh boy, start thinking about what I'm going to give. Well, this is, this is that same concept, but it's not financially. It's what am I going to give of my time and my talent? What is it that God's given me that I can now take and invest it back into his kingdom, into the local church, which is the most powerful entity on the face of planet Earth? Let's just find a place right here as we wrap up. And you talk to God like only you can talk to him. I'll talk to God like only I can talk to him. Just to kind of examine your talent, your time, what, what you're doing now, what he's possibly calling you to do. Jesus, thank you for talent. It's not just about the sacrifice. Thank you that I even have a choice to offer the talent in the first place.
take